morning, everyone. Good morning. We will be continuing in Revelation this time in chapter 15, the shorter chapter in Revelation. And just remember that Revelation is the index of the Bible. So that's I'll be approaching this morning again. Um, a lot of passages I'm going to be directing us to and reading from, more of a study format. So this is uh, going to be focusing on the songs, the temple, and the last flags is, is uh, what this is um, a prelude before, in, which are to come in chapter 16, the last plagues, the last uh, vials of wrath of God upon the earth for his judgment of this world. So let's read Revelation chapter 15 to start. It's only eight verses. And I saw another sign in heaven, great and marvelous, seven angels having the seven last plagues, for in them is filled up the wrath of God. And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. And after that I looked, and behold, the temple of the tabernacle of the testimony in heaven was opened. And the seven angels came out of the temple, having the seven plagues, clothed in pure and white linen, and having their breasts girded with golden girdles. And one of the four beasts gave unto the seven angels seven golden vials, full of the wrath of God, who liveth forever and ever. And the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no man was able to enter into the temple till the seven plagues of the seven angels were fulfilled. Again, uh, and all of Revelation is quite sobering, um, but this is as well, this chapter in particular, and this chapter right after that will be coming in a future message. I just wanted to pick up on a few points uh, through the chapter. The first one I wanted to highlight was the sea of glass mingled with fire. We've seen this scene before in Revelation chapter 4, verses 2 to 6, where it says, And immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne was set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and a sardine stone. And there was a rainbow round about the throne, in sight like unto an emerald. And round about the throne were four and twenty seats. And upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting, clothed in white raiment. And they had on their heads crowns of gold. And out of the throne proceeded lightnings and thunderings and voices. And there were seven lamps of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne... There was a sea of glass like unto crystal, and in the midst of the throne, and round about the throne, were four beasts full of eyes before and behind. So this is the throne room of God in heaven, and we're, we're returning to that scene in, in Revelation 15. But this time the sea of glass is mingled with fire, 
And perhaps it's because of this the time for God's wrath to finally be unleashed on the world, his final wrath. And consider this scene. Try to picture it in your mind. And the thousands, the millions that are standing on the sea of glass. This is huge. This is probably beyond what we can comprehend right now. Just think of that scene. Um, the next is the, the songs. They're singing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. And what are these songs in particular? Was, that's what I was curious about. And perhaps we can find them in Scripture. But first, the Lord himself is our song. Isaiah 12, verse 2 says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. And that's, um, that's why we picked, I had Dave pick these hymns this morning to get us in, into that frame of reference. And we'll close our service with another song that's, uh, I feel, appropriate. It talks about the song of Moses, the servant of God. Um, in uh, the previous chapter, chapter 14, the redeemed of Israel, the 144,000, they sung, as it were, a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. So what I, want, I just wanted to highlight that we have the song of Moses and also the song of the Lamb. We have the song um, from God's chosen people, the Israelites, and the song of the Lamb, which is for all of the church, uh, Israel, those Israel believers who are part of the church as well. But both are represented but Moses' first song you can find in Exodus chapter 15 and verses 1 to 21. And this is after God had redeemed them and saved them from the Egyptians after crossing the Red Sea. And they're singing the victory. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will prepare him in habitation. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his host hath he cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank into the bottom as a stone. And these next couple verses, I want you to think of the end times as well, because I believe that there was the immediate fulfillment of what Moses is speaking of, but also at the end. And remember, all of Scripture is pointing towards that end day when the Lord will be glorified, and these actions take place to fully reveal and make manifest the Lord's glory and Him as a rightful King. Thy right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in, in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, hath dashed in pieces the enemy. And in the greatness of thine excellency, thou hast overthrown them that rose up against thee. Thou sentest forth thy wrath, which consumed them as stubble. And with the blast of thy nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The flood stood upright as, as in heat, and the depths were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, 
My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind. The sea covered them. They sank as lead in the mighty waters. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Thou stretchest out thy right hand. The earth swallowed them. Thou in thy mercy hast led forth the people which thou hast redeemed. Thou hast guided them in thy strength unto thy holy habitation. Think about that in terms of heaven as opposed to the promised land. The land itself wasn't his land. God decided it was holy, but heaven is the truly holy habitation that we are going to. The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold on the inhabitants of Palestine. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed, the mighty men of Moab. Trembling shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord, till the people pass over which thou hast purchased. We're purchased by Christ's blood. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, and the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horse of Pharaoh went in with his chariots and with his horsemen into the sea, and the Lord brought again the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. And Miriam the prophetess, the sister of Aaron, took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out after her with timbrels and with dances. And Miriam answered them, Sing ye to the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. But did you know there's there another song that, of Moses? There is another song that Moses wrote at the end of his life. It's found in De Deuteronomy chapter 32. And you don't know it's a song until you see the, at the end of it. The very end of the passage, it says, this is Moses, Moses uh, sang this song. Deuteronomy chapter 32. It says, Give ear, O ye heavens, and I will speak. And hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as a small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grounds. Because I will publish the name of the Lord. Ascribe ye greatness unto our God. The Lord has given us his word. He has, this is from, I view this as the Lord's point of view, telling us the heavens, the earth, the words of my mouth, my doctrine shall drop as rain, my speech as the dew. Verse 4, he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment, a God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. He is justified in judging the earth. He is justified in bringing his wrath finally in Revelation chapter 16. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and crooked generation. Do ye thus requite the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? 
Is he not thy father that hath brought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? We have people thinking today that they know better than God of what is right. Uh, the scripture says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. God created us all. It is his right to establish what he wants to be done and for him to judge. He is the creator. Verse 7, Remember the days of old. Consider the years of many generations. Ask thy father and he will show thee. Thy elders and they will tell thee. When the Most High divided to the nations their inheritance, when he separated the sons of Adam, he set the bounds of the people according to the number of the children of Israel. For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stirreth up her nest, fluttereth over her young, spreadeth abroad her wings, taketh them, beareth them on her wings. So the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. He made him ride on the high places of the earth, that he might eat the increase of the fields. And he made him to suck honey out of the rock, and oil out of the flinty rock, butter of kine and milk of sheep, with fat of lambs and rams of the bread of breed of Bashan, and goats with the fat of the kidneys of wheat, and thou didst drink the pure blood of the grape. But Jeshurun waxed fat and kicked. Thou art waxen fat, thou art grown thick, thou art covered with fatness. Then he forsook God which made him, and lightly esteemed the rock of his salvation. They provoked him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations provoked they him to anger. They sacrificed unto devils, not to God, to gods whom they knew not, to new gods that newly came up, whom your fathers feared not. Of the rock that begat thee thou art unmindful, and hast forgotten God that formed thee. And when the Lord saw it, he abhorred them, because of the provoking of his sons and of his daughters. And he said, I will hide my face from them, I will see what their end shall be, for they are a very froward generation, children in whom is no faith. They have moved me to jealousy with that which is not God. They have provoked me to anger with their vanities. And I will move them to jealousy with those which are not a people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. This here is speaking to us of the, as the church. The church was established to provoke Israel to jealousy. We are that foolish nation. We are that people which are not a people. We are... We are of the of citizenship of heaven. That is the nation of which we are become. But it is to provoke them to jealousy, to redeem them in the end. God has not given up on Israel. This whole passage, Deuteronomy 32, is really the encompassing the big picture of all of history. Um, and God is right to judge. Israel, yes, they are going to be judged. He will redeem the 144,000 at the end and any of those who believe in the meantime. But he is also judging the world and his witness to the world through Israel has been established through his word. So they are without excuse as well by the end. Verse 22, 
For a fire is kindled in mine anger, and shall burn unto the lowest hell, and shall consume the earth with her increase, and set on fire the foundations of the mountains. This is speaking of revelation. This has not happened yet. I will heap mischiefs upon them. I will spend my arrows upon them. They shall be burnt with hunger and devoured with burning heat and with bitter destruction. I will also send the teeth of beasts upon them with the poison of serpents of the dust. The sword without and terror within shall destroy both the young man and the virgin, the suckling also with the great man of gray hairs. I said I would scatter them into corners. I would make the remembrance of them to cease from among men. Were it not that I feared the wrath of the enemy, lest their adversaries should behave themselves strangely, and lest they should say, Our hand is high, and the Lord hath not done all this. For they are a nation void of counsel, neither is there any understanding in them. Oh, that they were wise, that they understood this, that they would consider their latter end. This is the Lord. He wants, he wants Israel to understand, but they're not seeing it yet. They're not considering their latter end yet. How should one chase a thousand and put ten thousand and two put ten thousand to flight except their rock had sold them and the Lord had shut them up? For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Gomorrah. Their grapes are the grapes of gall and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is the poison of dragons and the cruel venom of asps. Is not this laid up in store with me and sealed up among my treasures? To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Their foot shall slide in due time, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and the things that shall come upon them make haste. For the Lord shall judge his people and repent himself for his servants, when he seeth that their power is gone and there is none shut up or left. And he shall say, Where are their gods, their rock in whom they trusted, which did eat the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offerings? Let them rise up and help you and be your protection. See now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God with me. I kill it, and I make alive. I wound, and I heal. Neither is there any that can deliver out of my hand. The world rejects God. They have their idols, their alternate points of view, their own religions, apart from God, and what, how will that help them when God's judgment comes? God the Creator is in charge, and He is the only true God. For I lift up my hand to heaven and say, I live forever. If I wet my glittering sword and my hand take hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to mine enemies, and will re reward them that hate me. I will make mine arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh, and that with the blood of the slain and of the captives, from the beginning of revenges upon the enemy. Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants, and will render vengeance to his adversaries, and will be merciful unto his land and unto his people. And Moses came and spake all the words of this song in the ears of the people, he and Hosea, the son of Nun. So that was that was another song that I found uh, at the end of Moses' life. And I think it's a picture, it's like a panorama of history 
through time God's story um, and his witness against this world as a whole and in, against Israel, his people. And next we have the Song of the Lamb. And I think this is found in Revelation chapter 5, verses 5 to 13, which we've covered in, in a previous message. Um, but just to highlight uh, this Song of the Lamb. Revelation 5, start at verse 5 to verse 13. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain, to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven, and on the earth, and under the earth, and such as are in the sea, and all that are in them, heard I saying, Blessing, and honor, and glory, and power, be unto him that sitteth upon the throne, and unto the Lamb for ever and ever. The Lord is worthy of all of our praise. He humbled himself to go to the cross of Calvary to redeem us, by his blood. And therefore, he is more than worthy of all glory and honor. The creator humbling himself to sacrifice himself on the cross for our sakes. So we are to sing a new song because of our salvation in the Lord. We have a new spirit within us from the Lord. And I'm going to, I looked up this phrase, new song, in scripture, and I'd like to point you to a few of those. Psalm 33, verses 1 to 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord, O ye righteous, for praise is comely for the upright. Praise the Lord with harp. Sing unto him with a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise, for the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Next is Psalms 40, verses 1 to 4. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me, and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and, my, and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man that maketh the Lord his trust, and respecteth not the proud, 
nor such as turn aside to lies. And Psalm 96, verses 1 to 13. O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord, bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen, his wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He that judge, he shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. Another passage very relevant, relevant to what we're speaking of in Revelation. Psalm 98, verses 1 to 9. O sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. The Lord hath made known a salvation. His righteousness hath he open, openly showed in the sight of the heathen. He has remembered his mercy and his truth toward the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth. Make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and, with, and the voice of a psalm. With trumpets and sound of cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord, the King. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord, for he cometh to judge the earth. With righteousness shall he judge the world and the people with equity. Finally, God's justice will be done. We see so much injustice in this world. I don't know if you've been following this story with this horrible case with Jeffrey Epstein, but he's now killed himself or been killed. Um, and justice is not being fulfilled. But God will make things right, and he will bring justice in the end. Psalm 144, verse 9. I will sing a new song unto thee, O God, upon a psaltery and an instrument of ten strings. Will I sing praises unto thee? And Psalm 149, verses 1 to 9. says, Praise ye the Lord. Sing unto the Lord a new song and his praise in the congregation of saints. Let Israel rejoice in him that made him. Let the children of Zion be joyful in their king. Let them praise his name in the dance. Let them sing praises unto him with the timbrel and harp. For the Lord taketh pleasure in his people. He will beautify the meek with salvation. Remember the Lord's sermon on the mount. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Let the saints be joyful in glory. Let them sing aloud upon their beds. 
Let the high praises of God be in their mouth and a two-edged sword in their hand. The word of God is our two-edged sword. To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishments upon the people. To bind their kings with chains and their nobles with fetters of iron. To execute upon them the judgment written. This honor have all his saints. Praise ye the Lord. We will be ruling and reigning with the Lord in the millennial kingdom for a thousand years on this earth after the wrath of God is poured out that we find in Revelation. There is a, a new song reference also in Isaiah chapter 42, and it's speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. Verses 1 to 10 in Isaiah 42 says, Behold my servant, whom I uphold, mine elect, in whom my soul delighteth. I have put my spirit upon him. He shall bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. He shall not cry, nor lift up, nor cause his voice to be heard in the street. A bruised reed shall he not break, and the smoking flax shall he not quench. He shall bring forth judgment unto truth. He shall not fail, nor be discouraged, till he have set judgment in the earth, and the isle shall wait for his law. Thus saith the Lord God the Lord, he that created the heavens, and stretched them out, he that spread forth the earth, and that which cometh out of it, he that giveth breath unto the people upon it, and spirit to them that walk therein. I, the Lord, have called thee in righteousness, and will hold thine hand, and will keep thee, and give thee for a covenant of the people, for a light of the Gentiles, to open the blind eyes, to bring out the prisoners from prison, and then that sit in darkness out of the prison house. I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Sing unto the Lord a new song, and his praise from the end of the earth, ye that go down to the sea, and all that is therein, the isles, and the inhabitants thereof. To all the world is the message of our Lord Jesus Christ given. It'd be interesting to we'll hear it someday, what these various songs that we find in Scripture, what was the melody, what was the tune? Uh, and then in heaven, probably even better than, than what uh, the Israelites had in the Old Testament, but it'll be interesting to hear them in person one day. Um, and to round out the, the message this morning, we'll be looking at the temple in heaven. Um, this temple that is being referenced, I, I would gather that it is the throne room is, is part of the temple. Um, we see a reference to this temple in heaven, also in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 to 8, where Isaiah in a vision is, is present in that same temple. Isaiah 6, verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. 
and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. And he laid it upon my mouth, and said, Lo, this hath touched thy lips, and thine iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and whom will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And that scene in Revelation, at that momentous event when the Lord's final wrath is about to be poured out, surrounded by his people, those redeemed, all of them sinners, saved by grace, and only able to be there because of the blood of Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us and has redeemed us by his blood. Only that makes it possible for our sin to be covered and forgiven and to be in the Lord's presence. And Isaiah's response is, I will go. When the Lord asks you to go or to do something, what will your answer be in response to all that he has done for you? And then we have the pictures of the temple in heaven found in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter 10, verse 11 says, It came to pass in the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. And we saw in Revelation 15 that the, the testimony of, of the Lord was there in the temple. It's a picture of the true. And we find that also in Hebrews chapter 8. The Old Testament tabernacle and temple were only a representation of what's the true temple in heaven. Hebrews chapter 8, 1 to 6. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the sum. We have such an high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heaven, in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched, not man. For every high priest is ordained to offer gifts and sacrifices. Wherefore, it is of necessity that this man should, this man have somewhat also to offer. For if he were on earth, he should not be a priest, seeing that there are priests that offer gifts according to the law. Remember, the Lord was of the tribe of Judah, and not a Levite, so he could not be the, the earthly priest, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moses was admonished of God when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou make all things according to the pattern showed to thee in the mount. But now hath he obtained a more excellent ministry, by how much by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And then in Hebrews chapter 9, verses 15 to 28, continuing this thought and expounding upon this. And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament, which they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. When people pass away, they have their last will and testament. 
and it comes into force and takes effect after they pass. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it of no, is it of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of, the, of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ has not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often, as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with the blood of others. For then must he, have, must he often have suffered since the foundation of the, of the world. But now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment, so Christ was offered, was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Are you going to be there with the saints in heaven? Will you be at this scene? Or will you still be on the earth at that time and fearful of the wrath about to come? A saint is just a believer redeemed by the Lord. It is not some special title. We have all been made saints by the Lord when we believe and accept his free gift of salvation. Are you going to be there? You don't want to be on the earth when God's wrath and judgment are finally poured out. He is a God of love, but also a God of justice, and he will not compromise on either one of them. Revelation truly is the index of the Bible, the rest of the Bible speaks to God's coming judgment and his fulfillment of all his promises. He loves you. Believe him. Believe in his word. and He will put a new song in your heart. Perhaps we could close with hymn number nine in the black book. Uh, this is a song for the lamb. Worthy the lamb, for he was slain. Number nine in the black book. Hmm. 